Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the Phoenix Sports Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Michaela Perkins, and joining me today is Derek Montilla, Saul Bookman, and the legendary Espo. I didn't go with your full name today. I hope that's okay. Why the fuck is he legendary? <laughs> Nobody knows my full name. Only one of us can be legendary today. It's Espo. Oh, so where's the voice? I I, I want to hear the voice. The I want to hear the voice. Hello. I want to hear that It was now. Australian. I was, it was doing an Australian, Australian accent, accent like five minutes But it sounded ago. like Julia Child. Okay, hold on. Ready? Basting a turkey. It's no, Cleo. <laughs> Conversation. It, it, it sounds more like. <laughs> so bad. What, what is it? Silence of the Lambs. Shrimp oh on the Bobby. <laughs> You should, if you like ever go on a date with a guy and you really don't like him, just start using that voice. <laughs> just use that voice the like, whole okay, time. Go to the bathroom and then come back and just start doing that the whole time. Yeah. I can Put do the that. lotion in the basket. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy hump day, everybody. Uh, how's your Wednesday going? I have to be honest, mine's not going well. I'm really disappointed. Do you guys want to know why? Murder? <laughs> yeah, it has to do with murder. Okay, so today they figured out who the Zodiac Killer is, but the Zodiac Killer apparently died three years ago. And I'm really upset about it because I love murder and I want to know why he murdered people nope, and we'll that, never get to the know. The producer's going like this. Don't say RFP. <laughs> can okay, I not I say you. I love murder on air? Is that bad? Yes, you can. No. And we'll be taking that clip and replaying it <laughs> multiple times for the remainder of your time uh, here at PHN. If any of us go missing, we know who did. <laughs> all afternoon or that's all morning, it's been how much she loves murder. Um, that's just what she's <laughs> okay, been saying. Okay, but we're never going to know why he killed all those people. Isn't that upsetting? No, no, no. because he's crazy. Right. That's a good enough guess, reason for you, us. If you do go crazy, though, Mac Attack is a pretty cool ki- serial killer <laughs> phrase, right? Yeah. That's my yeah. serial killer wow. name. Wow. Yes, if I start murdering people, call yeah. me Mac Attack. Mac Attack. She's going to be She's gonna start murdering people just so people could call her Mac Attack. Stop. This is going down the curtain. Nonsense. All right. Well, we've got a pretty fun topic for you guys today on the Phoenix Sports Podcast. But before we get into that, let's do our Valley Sports temperature check. And I think we have to start with the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals are the only undefeated team in the NFL right now. Be honest, Saul. Did you expect the Cardinals to be undefeated heading into week five? No. Not even close. <laughs> I definitely did not. I had them losing in week one. So I've I've been pleasantly surprised. I was I think I was more surprised at their performance this past Sunday because I feel like that gave them a sense of legitimacy after the fluke field goal against the Vikings, the struggling against the Jaguars, being down at half by a 109-yard kickoff field goal return. Oh. And, uh, and this last week was like, oh, this is what this team could be all about. Yeah. And I think that's exactly um, what has got this – this whole city and the state energized for Cardinals football. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and then now going into week five against the 49ers, they're favored to win against the 49ers too. Do you think that they can go five and oh? I mean, I'd be shocked if they didn't. The 49ers, uh, they have a strong running game, but 
Um, they have questions at quarterback, as they have the last couple of years. Jimmy Garoppolo, don't know if he's going to play or not. Uh, and then Trey Lance might be getting his first start, or he might not. You know, There's a whole bunch of head games going on over there. But um, I would expect the Cardinals to come out and take care of business, especially at home. It's It's been a while. They played the yeah. Vikings like three weeks ago at home, and th- this is only their second home game of the season in week five. So... Uh, I'm sure they're going to be energized for that. If it's if it's Lance starting at quarterback, they're going to put the Trey and Trey Lance. He's going to be a lot of field goals for the 49ers at best if they score. Well, okay. I was going to ask Saul, who are you more worried about them starting, Garoppolo or Trey Lance? I don't think either. Both of them are getting done in, so it doesn't All right. matter. I like that confidence. See, that's the confidence of an undefeated team. We love that. Do you feel like <laughs> Cardinals fans feel the same confidence? Do you yes. think that this has energized this entire family? Yeah, I, I think so because the the one the one major thing right now is that you're seeing it from Kyler Murray. Yeah, Kyler Murray is taking his game to another level, like we all hoped he would last year, mm-hmm. and that is the major difference: is that you know that the offense offensive side of the ball is in good hands, and we haven't necessarily felt like that, especially with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler, um, you know, and their struggles the last couple of seasons. And I think they've gotten over that. I think Cliff has gotten over that. And I just think that they're on a roll right now. And Kyler's Kyler said that he is seeing the field as, as good as he ever has in his entire life. Yeah. And he's showing that on the field. And I think Kyler Murray is like the key piece here because even today um, in media availability, he was saying, we're winning and winning is what I'm used to. Yes. Obviously, he had a successful collegiate career. And so, you know, the first the first couple NFL seasons didn't get off to the best start for Kyler. So now that he's back to the winning ways, I think that just injects the confidence that he needs to have in order for the entire team to be he successful. He lost like four games combined in high school and college. Yeah. Like together. And he won like three straight state championships. He almost won a national championship at, at Oklahoma if it were for, you know, Alabama. And, and then he gets to the Cardinals and he loses his ass. Like mm-hmm. it's just crazy. He's gotten over that. He's understood what it takes to get to another level. And he's produced on the field. I think you got to give Chase Edmonds and James Conner credit too for relieving some of the pressure on Kyler by having a strong running game uh, this year. As I would well. I would combat that by saying it's more on Rodney Rodney Hudson than it is those two running backs That's because true. Rodney Hudson at the center position has made a world of difference for that entire offensive line. And without him in the fold, as we saw the previous two seasons, that running game was very sporadic. Had moments. But it wasn't as good as it is this year. And it's like you said on the postgame show about personnel. It's really all about personnel and who they put around Kyler. Kyler is a winning quarterback. He is a talented, gifted athlete. The difference is the personnel. It even comes down to the kicker, Matt Prater, that you can't say enough about. Their ability to put up points consistently even when drives end, especially when they're 40, 50 yards out and they can still kick a field goal and know consistently that they're going to make it and get those three points. I think just changes the confidence level of the play calling and everything about this team. Yeah, yeah they trust their roster. Right yeah, now. exactly. Well, obviously the Cardinals being undefeated is super exciting. What's not exciting, however, is the Diamondbacks. No, no, no. And probably what I would consider the most D-backs fashion possible, uh, they blew their chances of getting the first overall pick in this coming draft by a walk-off homer in the very last game of the season. Derek, why? I don't know why. why. I wish someone would tell me why. <laughs> I mean, I get it. This team has actually been winning in the second half just enough to put them in this position, and I knew it was going to happen. I knew they were going to inevitably play themselves out of the first pick. It just came down to such a close decision. They actually tied with the Baltimore Orioles. The rule would be that they go to last year's record, 
But surprisingly enough, the Orioles and the D-backs tied last year. They have the same record last year. So the decision goes to the 2019 uh, season, which, by the way, I don't think is right. I think they should so play. Dumb. I think they should play a one-game playoff game, and the team that loses gets the number one pick. That that or an anchorman <laughs> style rumble. There you go. Yeah. Either way, I'm always in favor of that. You know. <laughs> what me. about a home run derby to decide the winner? I love that. Again, Let's do it. I thought the Rockies and D-backs were just going to have a foot race for you know the final three games. So I was surprised to see them actually play baseball. How do you not go into that final inning and just bat three pitchers? I will say again, Lavallo. When asked about the final game not starting Cattell Marte, Lavallo said he was sitting him for rest, which was the most hilarious answer I've ever heard from uh, this team yet this season. I felt like they weren't trying to put their best lineup out there. It just goes to show that the young guys don't stop trying. They're out there for an opportunity, and they want to shine no matter what, right? Especially someone like Josh Van Meter, who is still looking for a consistent place on this team and has improved. But again, wrong time. Wrong time, pal. I needed them to lose this game. It does remind me of the Cardinals the year before they drafted Larry Fitzgerald. They go into the last game of the season. If they lose to the Vikings, they get the number one pick overall. This is the Eli Manning draft, Phillip Rivers. So there's quarterbacks Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger. They they, they need a quarterback. And they go in and Josh McCown throws a miracle Hail Mary (laughs) to beat the Vikings and drop them from one Uh to three in the draft. Oh, Arizona. But it worked out. All right for the Cardinals. So there is hope for Diamondbacks fans. Yeah, there is. And I think that's the thing about the MLB draft. You never know who the team is going to take in in first place. We're uh, a big fan of Elijah Green, but there's a chance that he could maybe drop to second in the Uh, draft, depending on the Orioles' needs. You You were saying that. That was was my other fear, was that the Diamondbacks were going to get the first overall pick and then not 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 take take Elijah Green. Absolutely. Because that's were, a very Diamondbacks thing. To you do. were saying that there's another highly rated prospect. He's a shortstop. Help me with his name. Sorry. Um, it, I, I forget right now off the top of my head. I think it's uh, um, excuse me, but um, it's it's basically the Orioles' um, needs right yeah, now. The, my, that was my point. Is the yeah. Orioles need a shortstop? So right. technically, all hope is not lost. Right. For and the it com- Elijah Green. It, it comes down to the MLB draft is so fickle. You never know yeah. what's going to happen even between now and. When it happens, uh, there's a collective bargaining agreement in between now and then. It ends uh, there right now. The current labor agreement ends on December 1st, so that could actually impact the draft. Oh, they do they do want to do a competitive balance, uh, change the competitive balance in baseball because more than half of the league has been out of the playoff hunt since yes. May. So yeah. it's it's just incredibly boring to watch a lot of these teams that aren't. In the race, the Diamondbacks were out like by month two. Correct. Yeah. You know what yes. I mean? And like, yeah, I understand this is like an abnormal season, but when you have, when you go into a year and understand like the haves have all the advantages and have all the salary to be able to pay whoever, how, however much they want, and the have nots have to struggle for years and years to try and find the perfect chemistry of, of player and, you know, minimum veteran to give yourself a chance just to make the playoffs. It's just a struggle to 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 invigorate any of the fan bases into coming to the games. Like right. the the stadium was completely empty this year, like empty because there's nothing to play for. Well, and I'll tell you an interesting flip side to that is I've kind of been in awe with the Rockies having the record that they have of their stadium being so full, a division rival, right? And their stadiums like full almost every night. It's All like it's because they're good at home. They're good at home, but the other thing about it is their fans, their their diehard fans, are mad about that because they feel like the fact that the stadium is full doesn't send the right message to ownership about 
the team. Mm -hmm. It sends the message that we'll still come watch games regardless of how good or bad this team is. And that's such a weird take to me. For me, it's depressing to watch Diamondbacks games as a fan, as someone that covers the team, and see on a given night 6,000 people in a stadium that seats 40,000, right? So, well, that, I mean, it, that's part of it. That ballpark's way too cavernous, and sure. they talked about that mm -hmm. uh, themselves. But wouldn't you rather spend a night out in Denver outside and in the Rocky Mountain air in the summer than go sit in a giant metal barn sure, in sure. Phoenix? <laughs> the, like the, That's the, the difference old, there, too. The airport hangar over there yeah. on, on Jefferson. Also, like, you know, I know that the downtown district is trying to do their damnedest to, to make it like a, a hip place to go and hang out. But being in Denver, being right by all those, those bars and breweries yep. and right by the 16th yep. Street Mall, yep. like... It's just a different, different hangout. Sure. Mm -hmm. And so that's why people are always going to gravitate to that area to, to not only take in a ball game, but after the ball game's over, you can go across the street to the to the nightclub or the yeah. bar. Like yeah. there's so much going on. Whereas here, it's not like that. Right. It's almost it's almost a you know a, just a barren landscape on game night sometimes because nobody wants to be in downtown and Phoenix. That, and that's why I don't think they will be in downtown Phoenix for the long run. I think Dimebacks will find a way to find a new home where there is more of an entertainment district Ooh. and That's dining and all that kind of stuff that well, they can do. I mean, do. the Coyotes if, are looking in Tempe. If, yeah. there's a, if there's a place to do it, Scott, Salt River Fields already kind of has that mm -hmm. ability and capability. It is right by an entertainment district that's booming and expanding almost – Every you know, couple of months, there's something new out there. You have Medieval Times. You have you know the uh, White the Castle. White Castle. Who doesn't <laughs> want to go to Medieval Times? Hey. Like that was a, a center hey, point. Tell me, tell you me that a night out to Medieval Times and watching baseball oh doesn't gosh. sound like a good night hey, what out. What are you gonna do after the game? Going to Medieval, medieval Times. times. <laughs> to We're be, sitting in the Green Knight section. <laughs> what up? To be, to be fair, Derek just hit the the baseball demo right on. Right on the nose. Yeah, yeah. I may not yeah, go yeah. hang out at medieval times, but the baseball crowd, yeah. they'll go hang out at medieval <laughs> You want to go to the club at Top of Talking Stick or you yeah. want to go to like, you know, uh, you know, golf Top or golf. whatever? Nah, Top golf? we're going to medieval nah, times. Medieval times. <laughs> I'm eating with my hands tonight. Yeah. I want to oh see some fake jousting. Let's go. <laughs> of course, the guy without sleeves says that. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> I mean, Captain I mean, Caveman on Twitter. So, you know. But also the no sleeves is justified. That's probably my favorite jersey it's I've seen the, walk through the doors. Uh, shout out to the Mercury who are playing in a playoff game tonight i will be present for it so i'm excited Love let's that. do it let's get to the finals ladies so the entire reason that we were gathered here today full transparency was because of a tweet a specific tweet from Woj. Woj bombed us yesterday with a report that uh the phoenix suns are reluctant to offer the maximum rookie contract extension to deandre ayton um how are you feeling about that espo <laughs> uh it's posturing Mm. This is this is agent speak. This was leaked. I, I'm 99% sure this came from Aiton's camp because negotiations haven't proceeded in the way that they've, they've wanted. And it's putting pressure in, in their mind on the Suns organization to try to get a move uh, to, to be made, a, a contract to happen here. And if you look and you look at Suns Twitter, you look around at the internet – it's a calculated risk, but it seems to be the one uh, that makes a lot of sense because now the, the dialogue instead of, hey, I wonder if it's going to happen is if the Suns don't do this and whether that actually changes uh, a, a basketball franchise's position as to if they're going to uh, go to a full max for a guy or not, I don't know, but it definitely shows that the, the public opinion yeah. is on Aiton's side 
in this. And to me, this isn't really about, in the end, will they pay him the max money or not? One way or another, DeAndre Ayton will have a max contract at, at the end of this, whether it's this this year by the uh, eight, October 18th uh, deadline or if it's next year when he goes into refri- restricted free agency and either the Suns sign him outright or somebody else offers him a max and they match it through a through a restricted uh, through a, a offer matching the offer sheet. So one way or another, DeAndre Ayton is going to get paid that. But it, it comes down to likely the language in the contract. How does he get those kickers to reach that two hundred and seven million that that he wants, which is a thirty percent escalator, is what they call it. And supposedly those are negotiable; they're not standard. So what MPJ in Denver got for those escalators isn't what uh, Luka Doncic got, got for those escalators in Dallas. So there's likely some negotiating on that position. And the thing that worries me is: is this a case of the Suns posturing and trying to outsmart the room in a negotiation, or are they, as that tweet says, and as the article that Woj wrote, really unwilling to to pay that money? My guess is they're not unwilling to pay that money. It's how that money comes about that's that's the sticking point right now. Is it? To- I, I understand Long John Silver right here saying we have to make sure his playoff play continues. But I will say this, if you think you're going to replace DeAndre Aiden with another center in the league that's not a top five center, you're out of your mind because he's a top five center, especially defensively. And offensively, he's looking to add to his bag. And all this stuff about Cat, oh, let's just trade for Cat. Cat is garbage on the defensive side of the ball. And that's what this team, This is that's how this team got as far as it did is because DeAndre Aiden was the anchor of the defense and he let everybody else thrive on the offensive side. That's why he's come into training camp talking about, I'm going to do more because clearly I'm not respected enough to get the bag right off the bat because I sacrificed for the team. So F that, I'm going to do what I need to do to get my bag. And rookie rookie extensions are not full maxes. We're not talking, he's not all of a sudden going to get the max money that LeBron's getting. There's tears to all this. Yep. And you've got a, con- a television contract coming up due for the NBA, which means the salary cap's going to increase. So, Mm -hmm. again, this money looks even less in that light. So at some point, you just have to shut up and offer the money or say you're done and and blow up the chemistry that you built and and move on. But they're not going to do that. They're going to eventually sign him. So why why strain a relationship potentially is what bothers me. The market dictated – the Suns had a chance to, to rectify this way earlier, and they didn't. They waited and waited and waited, and what happened was is other teams got into the fold by, like, the Nuggets by signing MPJ mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. The OKC mm-hmm. by signing Shea Gil- Gilgis-Alexander. Like, when those things happened, the money moved, and it changed in a big way, and it created the scenario that DA is, in fact, a max player. If, if you didn't want that, you should have taken care of business. This is a theme right now with the Suns, right? And, and I'm yeah. not trying to bag on them, but that's two players now that they probably could have gotten for cheaper, but they didn't take care of business earlier, and now they're going to they're gonna have to pay more. With Mikhail Bridges, they probably could have got him a little bit cheaper, but then other players that were uh, you know equitable to, to Mikhail got bigger deals, so now you're probably going to have to pay him four years, 90 to 100 mil. Right. Like, you... It wasn't even in that ballpark before. Now it is because you waited. You got to take care of business. You got to pay the dudes what they are worth. 
And if you wait too long, the market is going to dictate it for you. And that's what that's exactly what's happened. Well, and then my thought process is if, if he does keep up that same play that he that he reached during the playoffs, isn't that going to end up costing them more at the end of the year as far as? Well, in the end, a max is a max. It's a max. But the, but the thing is, why strain the relation in these yeah. deals with rookie extensions? You're paying on potential anyways. OK. Because most of these guys aren't proven. Luca's probably the closest to fully proven, and there's still question marks in, in his game in some people's mind. Sure. So when you're looking at it, you're paying on what you're projecting DeAndre Ayton to be. And if and that's what Denver did with MPJ. That's what Oklahoma City did with Shea Gildress Alexander. And and the Suns just need to pony up. It's why it's wild to me to think like waiting to see what he does in the regular season isn't the playoffs where you want to see the best out of a player. And he did step up and evolve and become like a different guy last I year. I guess I just so. don't. I generally don't understand how it's gotten to this point. I don't think there's been anything on DeAndre Ayton's part that would dictate that this is the appropriate response. Like I, I, I just don't. It's, it's the inconsistency. It's the inconsistency mm, yeah. in the regular season. The, the desire to want to see him break somebody's arm in the rim. It's the, the passion. It's, the, it, it's, it's all these intangibles that people don't think he had or didn't think he had until they saw it in the playoffs. And then they're like, oh, it's been here the entire time. And with the Suns, and, and this, is, this is honestly like this is a, it's a solid take, but it's the wrong take, take in my opinion. They are hesitant because right. they're like, well, is this really what we're going to get? Or is this just because Chris Paul did what he did to make DeAndre Aiden as good as he is? Does it matter? I, that's what I, I was going to say. That's what Chris Paul's going to be got here. Chris Paul for the next three years, <laughs> right. and then you're probably going to try and do something to to rectify that Chris Paul situation when he does leave. Like you got to pay DeAndre Aiden because you think that you're going to be able to develop him the way he is, and he has grown every single year. He's gotten better, especially defensively, every single year. Yeah. He's deferred to everybody else on the offensive side. I don't think that's going to happen this year. I look for him to average 20 and 10 this year easily because that's what everybody wants. And apparently that's the only way he can get respect and earn his money. Well, and I, I guess like I'm just looking at this from like a simplistic point of view. But in my point of view, this is like a pro con list. And in my like I think the pros far outweigh the cons. Like if the reason you're delaying this is because of the inconsistency. But it goes back to Saul's point of him being a top five center in the league. And you're not going to be able to find anybody to replace him. Right. Why wouldn't you just give him the money? I think there's hesitancy for what Saul said in terms of, you know, the potential inconsistency. And I also think the fact that he got suspended for 25 games plays a part in this. Okay. Uh, because that's probably creating hesitancy in and of itself. It's a good factor. I'm not sure it should, though. I, I mean, it's a, I mean, it's not as if, I don't know, it, if we believe what he said and that it was a mistake or whatever, the kid's got to learn from it. If you don't believe that the guy hasn't learned from that, I, then why why is that, it? That feels like five years ago, like yeah. almost. You know it I mean? really does. Also, that's what comes also, up in negotiations. But, but, but I get that. But also, what am I more concerned about? A guy that took a substance that he knew he shouldn't have taken or maybe accidentally took or a guy that can never stay healthy and is barely ever on the court. And when he is on the court, he's good. But when he's not on the court... You know, like so, like MPJ getting the money that he got changes everything. Yes, it, it really does. Yeah. That guy has been injured almost his entire career. He finally has a year where he he plays a majority of the games, and and he's good. But defensively, he's a he's a black hole, and he still got the max. Like okay, now Da gets the max. That's just how it is. I, I get that, but the Suns are 
uh, probably aren't thinking of it that way. They're probably looking at it as MPJ is his own thing. Denver's their own team. Yeah, but DA's looking at it like, well, if, well, if, he if Denver's going to give him the max yeah. and the Suns won't, I will find the max somewhere else. And there is your problem right yeah. there because th- I think they both wind up in the same spot in the end, but they're they're approaching it in, in odd ways. And if yeah. I'm the Suns, you're also negotiating against your own past mm. and the own per- your perception of your franchise. This does not help you especially because it went public because now it's well, maybe the suns didn't change maybe that's a narrative that becomes a problem with other players in the future what if what if they sign Mikhail to his extension they don't sign da to his extension mm. this year yeah. what kind of what does that put on it i mean Saul and i went in 40 minutes deep on this uh, earlier today on the phnx sun show so if you want to go real yeah. deep <laughs> and hear yeah. both of us uh, you know lay out why we think this is happening. Go check that out. You could have said that from the beginning. We wouldn't even have to say <laughs> yeah. here. I, I yeah, hot solace. <laughs> I, I didn't want to leave Michaela hanging on her show and just like, you know, just go listen to ours. Thank you, Espo. Hey, you're we, so we, kind. We have a side gig, so, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, that was your Valley Sports Temperature Check. Before we get into our main topic of the day, I have to tell you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And they have a week five offer that every football fan needs to jump on. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I mean, this is pretty much a no-brainer. DraftKings customers can also get skin in the game with the new... Do you know what the best movie was that year? What? Casablanca. Yeah. I've, wow. I don't know what that is. Here's oh, my God. Wow. She doesn't oh. know what Casablanca is. What is Casablanca? Is. Oh. Only a fantastic <laughs> movie. <laughs> it's not a millennial going? thing it's because we weren't even movie. born when, no. when Who Casablanca is that? was. Why would I have ever seen that movie? It's it was in classic. 1943. Classic. Classic. I was born in one of the greatest years after it. So? I've seen it. Just yeah. because it's iconic doesn't mean I'm going to watch it. Oh, my God. It means you should. We were warned about your lack of pop culture yes, understanding. Yes, yes. And right. this is re- this is un- unforgivable. What if, I, what if I tell you there's a lot of bad Australian accents? In it? <laughs> I would so and, watch it and murder. <laughs> yes, so, okay. sign me up. Yeah. You should right. go check out. Go check out. Cost a lot of murder. Yeah. All right. So Sorry, DraftKings. DraftKings <laughs> customers can also get skin in the game with their new same game parlays. You can combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Yes. Who doesn't love more money? DraftKings is safe, secure and reliable and best of all you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want that's obviously my favorite part of the DraftKings Sportsbook app download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PHNX bet $1 on any football game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point that's promo code PHNX on this week's DraftKings Sportsbook app the official sports betting partner of the NFL 21 and up only Arizona only gambling problem call 1-800 next step new customers only eligibility restrictions apply see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details all right how about we get into our topic of the day which I think is going to be a heated but interesting debate and that is the worst Arizona sports roster moves in history I'm excited to talk about this. This is especially the topic. This is. I know. <laughs> well, of course, of course, the murder host over here wants to talk about what moves murdered franchises. I mean, I got to be honest. There's been a, quite a few of them. I was looking through last tonight, and I was surprised about how many bad decisions the leaders of the sports organizations in the city have made. 
Um, I know we just talked about the weird contract negotiations going on with DeAndre Ayton right now, but uh, there was a similar type of situation in the past, Espo, with the Suns. And uh, you want to talk about that? Tell yeah, us about it. <laughs> similar, not as high stakes poker because the money wasn't uh, a max deal. But back in 2004 in the offseason, uh, Joe Johnson was up for a contract extension. Joe had been traded here from the Boston Celtics who had who had drafted him, came in uh, as a young guy, and, and showed flashes. Wasn't the Joe Johnson that we think of now, ISO Joe, mm-hmm. uh, all the big shots, but he was showing flashes of what he was going to become. Johnson wanted to get a six-year, $50 million deal from the Suns. And then the Suns... And the front office and, and ownership kind of balked at that. Robert Sarver and and Johnson won about, about $5 million in total apart on the deal. Uh, Sarver reportedly wasn't comfortable with making another splashy sign after he spent $400 million, uh, the summer before. So this would have been the 2004-05 offseason, I believe, uh, when this happened. But he... Uh, he wasn't happy or wasn't sure he wanted to invest that money after spending $400 million on the franchise and 110 combined on Nash Steve and Nash, Quentin, yeah. Rich- Quentin Richardson. So they made a big splash. That obviously isn't received well by Joe Johnson, who is sitting there going, well, I think I've earned this money. I'm, I'm going to stand strong in this. I want that extra $5 million. Plays the next season, goes through all that, uh, and then he's offered – what reportedly was a six-year, $60 million offer from the Sun. So $10 million a year for six years, uh, and which was about $30 million less than the max that he could have got. And then Atlanta decides to step in, give him a five-year, $70 million. Mm-hmm. So significantly more money. And Joe Johnson said, peace, I don't want to be here. Let me out. Let me sign this. Don't match it. Because much like DeAndre Ayton will be next summer, Joe Johnson was a restricted free agent. The Suns could have matched right. Atlanta's offer and kept him regardless. But he, after that, in that summer, he said, quote, it's a lot of things, uh, how things were handled last summer, how things were handled this summer. There's been some great or some things that going on that aren't that great. So basically puts it at the feet of them. I felt disrespected, right? So... We all know what happens after that, right? The Suns, seven seconds or less, is one of the most entertaining teams. But Joe Johnson goes on to be one of the best closers uh, in NBA history. And if they had had him, that roster is, I think, unstoppable Mm -hmm. at that point. Because you've got Nash, Amari, Marion, and Joe Johnson locked up long-term on that roster. And even Joe Johnson himself last year on the Cheat Day podcast said, if I stayed with the Phoenix Suns, we'd have at least one title. That haunts me as well because that's probably the one time I really felt I really had a chance to win a championship. So, yeah, that's a rough one. So even Joe Johnson knows a title likely would have come to Phoenix if they had just ponied up an extra $5 million. This move... The Suns have chased a title for 53 years. Mm. We know the heartbreak. Suns fans experienced it firsthand this summer. The heartbreak of not having a title in this town. And that move and $5 million definitely cost Larry, the Larry O'Brien Trophy being here in Phoenix and maybe multiple banners in the rafters. So $5 million 
seems pretty damn ridiculous in the whole scope of things. If I could, I'd get up and leave this room right now listening <laughs> I'm to sorry. this because <laughs> it's making me queasy. But I mean, it, that move affected the franchise in more ways than one besides not even making it to the finals. I mean, obviously, we, we don't really know if they would have, but there was like a lot of effects on the franchise even like for years after that, too. Well, that was the beginning of the Robert Sarver's a cheapskate kind of right. Correct. movement. Yep. And, um, and you know, and, and Sarver was an, an, an inexperienced owner. He thought he could, you know, make wine out of water, apparently. And that wasn't the case. And the reason why he felt like that was largely because they had Steve Nash in the fold. And Steve Nash made a lot of dudes a lot of money and mm-hmm. made a lot of dudes look really, really good. And because of that, they thought they could just replace Joe Johnson with somebody else. But you can't replace talent like that. It came to fruition multiple times. They came so close so many times. And if you had another scorer like Joe Johnson, that probably would have put them over the top. But they didn't. And they never came close. And I wonder how much negotiating tactics – I mean, negotiating tactics in business and negotiating tactics in sports are significantly different. Yeah. Right? Sure. sure. And I wonder how much that came into play early on that the approach is, yeah, I know how to negotiate and I'm going to uh, – this is what I'm willing to do and so be it. Walk away from the table. The problem is if you repeat that behavior multiple times – is when it becomes problematic. And that's what a lot of Suns fans are worried about right now is with DeAndre. Yeah, it's it's it it's and PTSD. I, I yeah, mm-hmm. I, and I don't say that lightly because I know that's a very serious thing for people, but in a sports sense it is very much PTSD yeah. that it is, you know, Suns fans now are sitting here going, "Oh my gosh, I, it feels very much like the past and you've done nothing, you know, I hear you say things have changed, but have they really?" And this is another opportunity to prove they have, and and it hasn't gone off the rails yet. But you, that's where the thinking is. Yeah, there's there. This is a still very much an open wound right. for Phoenix Suns fans, and and that's that's what's going on right now. And that that reputation that started in this moment with those five million dollars has perpetuated. Since 2004. Till this day. And, you know, and, and yeah, the, certain things have happened. Trading for Chris Paul and re-signing him shows mm-hmm. that, you know, you're willing to spend the money. But this is this is the next step because this is a young core you're trying to keep together mm-hmm. who has a legitimate shot at winning a title. And it feels like you're going to be arguing o- over semantics yeah. because in the end he's going to get this, this max deal from somebody. They're yeah. arguing over essentially totals and – Point per game averages and things like that in his contract, right? Yeah, is or, that like, or, or oh, how many All NBA teams do you make to yeah. get this this thirty percent kicker? Or are you an All Defensive Player? Or you know all those kind of things. That's Again, things that we could see, you could hear on our other podcast <laughs> for forty <laughs> minutes because we basically gave thirty minutes of that away in this section. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, Sun's Twitter was in disarray yesterday sure. after that Woj bomb dropped. People which, were really upset, which I think is also justified because. Obviously, something is not going right. If DeAndre Ayton's agent feels like he needs to, whether leak that information to Woj or whatever it is, to get that that tweet to come out to upset Suns fans, to get Suns fans to rally around the fact that they're, you know, they're not giving DeAndre Ayton what he thinks he deserves. So, I mean, obviously, that must be triggering for Suns fans because they went through something similar in that situation with Joe Johnson. Well, just imagine if social media had been around during oh, the Joe Johnson <laughs> stuff. Like... Yeah. Uh, we think things get contentious now, but that was 
I think that would have been next level uh, at that point too. I don't been. think they would have made the move that they did if had they uh, had that public had, had had social media been a thing at that point. Yeah, which is, I which mean, is what's I tend happening now. I tend to think that's probably right. And yeah, so strategic move, and I think it's the right one going on with DeAndre Ayton. But you look at the aftermath of everything that happened then, and I think this even bleeds into how Sean Marion felt uh, later on about not being, uh, you know, respected enough by by the organization, I think this is a, a starting point for a lot of things right here. I would definitely agree with you. So there, do I win? Can we just... Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> <All right>. Absolutely. <laughs> um, not quite, because we need to hear from Saul and uh, Saul's nomination for the Arizona Cardinals and what their worst roster move in their history was. Yeah, there's there's a few, but the one that sticks out the most was kind of the end of an era anyway. Um, mm. In 2011, they traded Dominique rogers Cromarty and a second-round pick to the Philadelphia Eagles for one Mr. Kevin Cobb, who was the backup to Donovan McNabb in Philly. Um, and then Michael Vick, I believe, came into the fold, and then they had a little bit of a quarterback competition, and they 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 bounced um, they bounced Kevin Cobb for the second-round pick. He comes to Arizona. There was a lot of excitement. And remember, they had just lost um, Kurt Warner mm-hmm. uh, a season ago mm-hmm. um, in his last year. They were trying to find another quarterback to fill the, those shoes, and Matt Leinart wasn't going to be that guy. And so they traded for Kevin Cobb. Kevin Cobb had, meh, an okay season in 2011. But in 2012, um, he was in a quarterback competition with John Skelton. Skelton won the quarterback competition. But before the season started, he got injured. And Kevin Cobb comes in. They go 4-0. And then in the fifth game of the season, he gets his brains beat in by the Rams. um, And... That was basically the the end of of, of that because uh, he wasn't healthy again. I think he only played two more games for the rest of the season, uh, and then Ken Wisenhunt ended up getting fired. John Skelton, uh, Max Hall, like the long list of uh, of, 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 <laughs> of Ken Wisenhunt quarterbacks that he tried to replace not only Kurt Warner with but also Kevin Cobb with. Just you know, Kevin Wisenhunt for as much as uh, of a quarterback guru that he seemed like with Kurt Warner. <laughs> He was as much a quarterback killer um, during his tenure, for sure. And Kevin Cobb, that was that was to me that was the one the one transaction where I'm like, man, you really you really kind of crapped the bed on that one. Uh, and then Arians comes in; they want no part of Kevin Cobb. They release him, pay him like two million or before they owe him two million dollars. They release him, and then uh, Kime also replaces Rod Graves, who was the GM at the time, because. Rod Graves had put together such a masterful roster. Um, and Kime comes in, trades for Carson Palmer, and they go on a little bit of a run for the next three or four right. years. So, To be fair, they did say Drew Stanton was going to be their starter. Remember that offseason? Oh, yeah. Before they finally got Carson yeah. Palmer. You can talk all the things you want, but once you put something on the field, then that's what I'm going to do. Thank God they put Carson Palmer on that. <laughs> do you think the decision to bring him in was just solely based out of, I guess, a desperation mode of having well, it's to... Well, because Ken Wisenhunt didn't know what the hell he was doing. Yeah. Like, they, he was he basically thought that he could, he could make anybody a good quarterback, mm. which... He could make Matt Leinart a good quarterback, and so that's why they had to go to an old Kurt Warner who ended up, you know, obviously taking them to the Super Bowl in one of the great seasons in Cardinals history. But that was because Kurt Warner is the GOAT, not because Ken Wisenhunt is just a genius. Right. You know what I mean? So there was a lot of things about Ken Wisenhunt and his tenure that uh, he just could not put together a good quarterback room 
the quarterbacks that they went through, oh man, the, yeah. the list is ugly and it's long. Derek Anderson. Oh, my look, look the, Kev, the Kevin Cobb thing. He was in that long list of guys who are really good when they come in as a backup and spot duty, whether guys injured or you know whether they're in cleanup duty and they look really good. Yeah, he was one and, of those guys. Yeah, then people fall. Uh, Scott Mitchell, another guy, I believe yeah. they, that that falls in that category but like they people fall in love with these guys and i was one of those i thought finally they're gonna they're gonna have a younger quarterback that they can grow with kurt warner i mean there's there's been that you always see that that browns jersey with all the names of the quarterbacks mm -hmm. before they got baker mayfield the cardinals were just as bad with quarterbacks Ooh, yeah. in that time and and i looked at it i was like oh great young guy has potential finally Man, was I wrong. I bought his sure. jersey, uh, oh, I think, no. three games into that four-game win streak. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I still rock his jersey yeah. t-shirt. Oh, no. <laughs> the only other transaction, in my opinion, was really the lack of a transaction, I should say. And I think this is one that Cardinals fans will probably point to as the most egregious error because of what ultimately happened with said player was the passing of Adrian Peterson yes. yeah. and drafting Levi Brown mm. um, <laughs> in, in the first round. And Adrian uh, Peterson, obviously one of the greatest uh, running backs in NFL history. And Levi Brown played four or five seasons with the Cardinals, and then we never heard from him again. So uh, that was uh, that was a rough one, especially when you look at them making the Super Bowl the year after they, they take Levi Brown and pass up Adrian Peterson. They have Edrin James in the fold. And I think that's something that people kind of forget is that they had Edrin James, and he had a really solid first year. With the Cardinals, so they didn't feel like that was a position of need. They needed somebody on the offensive line. That's why they took Levi Brown. But when you look at it in hindsight, you're like, oh man. Yeah. And people were clamoring for Adrian Peterson at the time too. It wasn't. It wasn't just because it was in the moment and they had Edrian James because they were like, man, could you imagine having Edrian James and Adrian Peterson in the backfield at the same time? Yep. Holy crap! That team might have won 12, 13, 14 games, especially in year two when they lose to the Saints in the first or in the second round of the playoffs. Um, and and Kurt Warner basically ends his career because he gets knocked on, you know, knocked to like last week. They killed him in that um, game. Yeah, but if you have Adrian Peterson in that game, everything instead of Hightower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, as much as I like Hightower, he was oh, just man, we were hyped for Hightower just for a minute. <laughs> all the things change after that. Well, imagine so. that offense: Kurt Warner, Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, yep. Adrian Peterson. You guys are killing Derek. Steve over the worst. Steve Steve about the yeah. Like they had Todd Heap. They had Todd Heap the oh, second yeah, that's year. Right. That's yeah. right. Oh man, so many cool things that would have been cool. All right, so you mentioned two, but which one are you sticking with? I'm going to go with Cobb because Cobb was Cobb. a train wreck. <laughs> At least we got to the Super Bowl despite the fact that we didn't sure. take Adrian Peterson Right after that. The Edron James point is a great point because we were really excited about him, and he was a superstar yeah. at the time. Remember he said, I can't wait to take the top off this stadium like it's a convertible. Right. That's right. I still remember that. I liked it. That's All right. Favorite. So Saul had two to pick between, but one was pretty obvious. Um, Derek <laughs> – Oh man, Derek! You got a long list, my Where friend. Do you want to start? Diamondbacks. I mean, do we want to do a top ten list, or do we? Sure, want to, just go ahead and run uh, through that. No, I mean, I could talk about trading their number one draft pick, uh, but at least Dansby Swanson didn't. Max end up, Scherzer didn't be. Uh, I mean, there's, there's so many players you can you can say <laughs> like. 
especially players that they let go and moved on from. I think right. that became a common theme with Diamondbacks players, including up to this day with Robbie Ray and how well he's been doing with the Toronto Blue Jays. But I will say it's for me, it was more of their acquisitions that bothered me. It was some yeah. of the names. And to be honest, Madison Bumgarner might have fallen into this category as well had he not turn things around so significantly this year compared to last year uh two come to mind uh russ ortiz being one but for me the still the biggest one is yasmani tomas you guys remember yasmani tomas i bet you don't i remember a 68 million dollar contract 68 million dollar contract great walk-up song oh yeah well i'll tell you yasiel puig was so big for a minute in baseball that it literally caused a fad of trying to sign unproven cuban players that you know that Player teams had to pay a significant tax for on top of what they paid them as a contract. So the Diamondbacks played more than the sixty-eight million for him. Um, he was by far one of the worst players in history to hit thirty home runs. I think only three players historically had a worse like B WAR than him that hit thirty home runs. He smashed the ball, but he was terrible defensively, uh, and he just slowly went downhill i mean yeah, he they, was slow he yeah he was run. there was nothing was about bad. him they tried to play him at third base they tried to do anything that they could to at least you know utilize him he had in his final three years of his contract six at bats at the major league level oh for six and six at bats i could have done that for i could yeah. do that any day much money i'll walk out there and yeah. take a swing <laughs> i mean you can say a lot about all the different moves these teams have made right but at one point these players impressed them at some level in the sport in the major league version of the sport enough to either make that decision or not make that decision that scout must have been drunk you know what i mean like <laughs> how, it, bad, how bad is that this this guy gets 68 million uh, you know and and comes in and can't do anything. Like, well, and I mean, especially that part. We're a National League team, so there's no DH option. If they were just looking for say, a guy like, to smash the ball. He would have been great as a DH. Sure, but you have to do the other side of it. And I think they couldn't even rely on him as a designated hitter. Uh, he, he didn't have great numbers in Reno, which everybody does. He just played consistently up there. But And, and I mean, his... If you look at his career numbers with the Diamondbacks, they're not terrible, but his defensive numbers are so bad that they drag down his 266 batting average in, in the major leagues, and it just makes him a player that you can't utilize. Right now, he's hitting 185 for Rochester in the Washington Nationals AAA system. I mean, he's he's still not old. He's still not over the hill at this point as far as his career is concerned, but he's definitely not a productive you know, player anymore. It's just, it was such a weird swing and a miss. I still don't know how Dave Stewart got this organization to spend so much money so wildly at times as if they had it. Um, I know that's kind of what the Diamondbacks have been built on at times, right? I've talked about it at length on our podcast, but the Diamondbacks knew that they had to spend money to make this team popular quickly so that fans would be attracted to do it. And then they did exactly what they intended to do. They won a World Series, but people don't want to go through these years and years and years of, of teams being bad. And, uh, you know, even when they try to spend money lately, they don't seem to spend money. Uh, they don't do the it right very way. smart at right. all. Even like, the Madison Bumgarner you deal. You just got rid of a big, large contract in Zach Greinke to get Madison Bumgarner. Just to get Madison Bumgarner. Which are basically the same player age-wise, except Mad Bum has been to the World Series like three times and won the World Series three times. So he looked like a stud at some point, right? Yeah. Where Zach Greinke's never gone to that level. But Zach Greinke right now is a better pitcher than Madison Bumgarner. Sure. So, why, so why why even do that trade? You know right, what I mean? right. And Zach Greinke was awful when he got traded. 
he was solid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. the the it just kind of goes to to show you what has happened with this franchise specifically. When they trade players away for whatever reason, <laughs> especially pitchers, they seem to go on and do way bigger, better things. You know, Max Scherzer, I still can't get over that one. Yeah. yeah. I well, still can't get over that and, one. And I mean, you know, the thing about it was he got he became so good after he left. And like my mine personally is Robbie Ray because that one just baffles me. I don't even think the Diamondbacks were impatient with Robbie Ray. It's just mm-hmm. the minute he left, he got significantly better. And it's just a crazy. It can't just all be coaching, but it feels like a lot of it has to be the coaching. Let's just be let's be honest with ourselves though. He didn't get significantly better his right when he got to the Blue Jays, but the year after that, Correct. he was yeah, right. really he's been sure. really good this year. Right. right because right. when he first got to the Blue Jays, we we would watch the scores and we'd watch the like the highlights and be like, oh, there's Robbie Ray. He was getting the strikeouts, but he was still his, yeah. he was still his old still self. Only going I used four to call him five innings. I used to call him Robbie four innings. Yeah. Now <laughs> his name is Robert go. Raymond. Put some respect <laughs> on his name. What? Let me ask this: Would you you bring up how the Dimebacks operated early on and it kind of set the tone for the way their spending's gone? But would you rather be the Tampa Bay Rays over the time since they came into the league, or the Dimebacks? I don't know. That's a good question because at least the Tampa Bay Rays have had um, several stints of being competitive. And I mean, like being really good in a tough division over there as well. I, I don't know. I think the Diamondbacks knew exactly what was going to happen here because of Jerry Colangelo's experience with the Valley. But the, they, Ra- the Rays have been l- better for longer stretches than yes, the Diamondbacks. I agree. Yeah. And, and have been on a, on a low budget. Mm-hmm. They've yeah. done it sure. fiscally responsibly. But the weird thing is they both are in the same exact spot with fans. They yeah, cannot draw true. fans. Yeah. But I would I tell you this much, I would never go to Tropicana Field. That place is just an awful field and I have no interest. You talk about Chase Baseball's Field. Baseball. What? I yeah. like, it's on an island for Pete's sake. It's so hard <laughs> to get to and get out of. Like it's just a terrible stadium. And it's for St. Pete's. But I'll, I'll say this. They they, they, <laughs> they, 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 <laughs> they I got that there's, reference. There's a lot of stadiums <laughs> in sports that are in horrible locations yes, that's true. that people still go yeah. to how yeah. about it's, oakland when they when the warriors played there they had great fans yeah. in that building and it was a dump yeah. in a crappy area the a's the same way like yeah, it's, it's a dump but people scene. show up right. not not as much in a football stadium that you want them to but it's a football stadium for kind of loud. i say that the the diamondbacks immediate um World Series championship success kind of set a really high bar. You know, from that yeah. point on, it's kind of like, when are they going to be this good anymore? Versus at least the Rays kind of had what the Diamondbacks were going for initially, which was, you know, we're going to grow our farm system. It's going to take us a little while and things are going to, you know, we'll, we'll get some young players and we'll develop them. And that that's how we'll go. We'll have like a seven year plan. And Literally, the attrition of 6,000-plus season ticket holders in the first season completely canceled that plan and changed everything. But that's what I'm saying. It's like if you're going to stick to a plan, if you're going to come up with a plan and say, okay, we're a small market team and we're going to do this, even though Phoenix is not really a small market team, that's that still baffles me to this day. It, but you're operating like a small bu- uh, market team with the budget that you have, then you have to be all in on that. And mm-hmm. the problem with the D-backs is, is they're all in for like – a year, two, maybe three, That's, and then they go right back to oh, and then we need a big splash because we're we're almost there, we're almost there, and it fools them into thinking that they need to make all these moves, and then they give the farm away, and then they got to start all over again after they have the one year, that one flash, or they get to the playoffs or the wild card or whatever, 
and it's it's all over again. Now we're in the middle of this rebuild cycle all over again. It's going to take us another couple of years to get back to anything that resembles competitive. And what you're saying is so true because it's the entire history of this team. I interviewed Travis Lee one time, and I was surprised that he had such bitter feelings towards the organization, but it was because of that pivot. He, as a young player, was told, like, you're going to be a big part of this franchise. We're going to take our time. We're going to develop young players, you know, all of this stuff. And the next thing you know, he's being traded, yeah. you know, for for Kurt Schilling. And, the, you know, yeah. he's he felt like he was sold. A, I mean, but yeah, no, but I'm just <laughs> saying, but, though, like, it's, it's that all in attitude where they changed yeah. from from that seven year plan to being like, nope, 99. You know, that was the biggest turnaround in baseball history from 98 to 99 as far as a win loss. Right I, I get I get those kind of moves, though, like. If you're looking at a Travis Lee who like who ultimately didn't really do much in his career, sure, sure. okay? If you're looking at a Travis Lee and you're like, "Okay, well, we have him and we see some good things, but maybe he's not the superstar that we thought he was going to be and we legit could have a superstar come in here and change the game for us." Like you make that move and I right. totally get that. But to your point, if you're going to build something from the floor up, you can't bail on it when things get a little rocky like I don't care if if you have five people in the stands. If this is your plan and you're committed to it, then you got to commit to it. it all the way yeah. through. I don't feel like they're ever committed to it. They're they get to these little escalators and then they they think, oh man, I want to jump off of this level because it's really cool. And then they have to go all the way back down and yeah. start all over again. Yeah. Shoots and ladders, my favorite yeah, game. There you go. <laughs> shoots and ladders. Shoots and ladders. Diamondbacks are playing the games of shoots and ladders. Let me just ask really quick: Do you think we ever see Yasmani Tomas in a major league baseball game again? No, I don't. Okay. Absolutely not. Not he's not showing any kind of potential right now at a minor league level. And honestly, he got the money. That yeah. he, he, I mean, I, I think sometimes Dude could retire and have the best. We call him the King of Reno. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he got, he was running things. He over could there, walk so. away now, and as long as he isn't financially irresponsible, could live the rest of his life very comfortably. Well, and I mean, this kind of this comes Should around be, yeah. to like the DA contract and other things in sports, right? Where I honestly feel like a lot of contracts should pay the man. If the man reaches those goals, reaches certain you know levels of being an All Star, a uh, Pro Bowler, whatever the sport is, right? I, I think that that like a lot of contracts should be incentive based because when you pay someone sixty eight million dollars out of the gate, what incentive do they have to be good? I mean, they really don't. They're on a six year locked in contract that should be given to like the top tier of of guys in the in the sport. That drives me nuts, though. Why should they be good? Because they're getting paid to be good. Sure. Like I don't understand the mental uh, the the mental standpoint of. Well, I got the bag now. I don't, now I can just slack off. I'm I'm good. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to get better at my craft. I just I do not understand that in any walk of life. I, I do not understand because that I don't know they're driven by I don't money. Know, I, think. I don't think that's what's happened to Yasmani Tomas. I just think that he showed some flashes of things that he might have been good at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the Diamondbacks ate, drank him. the Kool Aid, and mm -hmm. they were like, "Oh yeah, let's let's go." Because I agree with him on the on the heels of. Uh, what's the guy's name from uh, L.A. Dodgers? Uh, why can I not think of his name? Kershaw? Yasiel Puig. Oh, Puig, Puig. Puig. Oh, yeah, yeah Puig. Puig. Yeah, not Kershaw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with um, Puig, yeah, he was he was a sensation, and people wanted to catch that kind of Everybody lightning in the bottle. Yeah. And so the Diamondbacks went into that funnel. They, they got somebody who they thought was going to resemble something like that, and they overpaid, and they screwed themselves. So I don't feel like it's necessarily Tomas's work ethic or whatever even though i did hear about work ethic being an issue mm -hmm. but yeah sometimes you just don't have that talent yeah and you go bust your ass as much as you want you still ain't gonna be that good but stuff like that happens all the time i mean look what happened with brock Osweiler in the nfl yeah. dude got paid so much money and yep. sucked so I'm bad so glad that you dragged the sun devil 
<laughs> I'm, but I'm just being honest. He was horrible. He never deserved any of the money that he was given. And I'm so you you a like, big guy over no, here, by the way. To the like, I don't <laughs> understand to this day why they gave that man so much money, and I never will. But well, it happens in all. It's not just. It's like that was a one time thing. Like it happens all the time. They didn't even do that just for Yasmani Tomas. They gave a bag to Yon Lopez too. He was another guy that was an unproven uh, Cuban player, and it was just again, it was that at that time, it was like, hey, however many of these young, amazing arms from Cuba that we can't really see. It's a secret as to what's going down there, you know, is, that, is a wild that prospect. It's so bizarre to me. Like, I get it. Brock Osweiler showed flashes playing in the NFL, right? He, that's how, that's why he? <laughs> he got paid on potential. It was shown at times in the NFL. Hey, he lived you pay a, to it his fullest. You, yeah. you pay Yosmani Tomas out of Cuba that you haven't seen play at the highest level, and you give him $68 yeah. million. That's a real, real gamble. Like, that's insane it, it's to crazy. me that, that that happens. But, Mac, I joked, was I the winner? But I think at the end, we're all losers. Yeah, because of we've this. all no, lost absolutely. this discussion. But at least, you, at least you've got to see some gruesomeness. Uh, you like murder. I love yeah, it. Love I love watching this, this happen. All, um, <laughs> all right, let's wrap this up really quick by giving you a recap. So Joe Johnson in the Suns, Kevin Cobb in the Cardinals, Yasmani Tomas in the D-backs, those are our nominations. We're going to make a poll, put it on Twitter so that you guys can vote and tell us what you think was the worst roster move in Arizona sports history. If you're not following us at PHNX underscore sports, go do that now. Before we get to our very last segment, which is who won the week. I'm really scared, you guys. I have to tell you about Manscapes, <laughs> and I really don't go. want to. Let's go. That's not the way to get into it. Give me that read. I this want is going to be so go. awkward. Everybody cover your ears that's listening right now. I'm no, about to cry. This is, this is the sponsor. Do not cover your ears. We need. <laughs> Cover your ears and then go to manscaped.com and use code PHNX. Okay, here we go. All right. Do you guys know what's spookier than seeing a black cat on you Halloween? Don't have to what's that. spookier than no, no, seeing no, a black cat on Halloween? What's spookier? Yeah. Having two hairy full moons. <laughs> no. oh and some nose hairs in your <laughs> face. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Well, when I, I couldn't to figure a, that one out. Uh, uh, how many people are involved in this? If there's two hairy birds, first of all, why are you asking that kind of a question? What kind of what kind of soiree are you at right now? I want to know what that is. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. No. There's nothing spooky. Oh my god! Don't look me in the eye when you read Sorry. this. <laughs> When it comes to below the waist grooming, get your man to shave his pumpkins. <laughs> Again, who wrote this? Hairy pumpkins. I, where are you shopping? I don't know where these hairy pumpkins are. All right, get your man to shave his hairy pumpkins this Halloween because Manscaped is here to upgrade his grooming experience. Go from a bite sized candy to a king size candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> what? We went on the Sun Show uh, today. We went into a full uh, I, breakdown of of how that even makes sense. I just want everybody to be clear out there. I did not write this script, <laughs> and as the GM, I'm just sitting here saying, "Listen, this is, so this is an ad read." And I'm not forcing her to do this <laughs> against her will. <laughs> okay. Get him to join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with code PHNX. <sighs> Unlock his confidence with the Performance Package 4.0. Inside, you'll find the holy grail of men's grooming items. They've made it easier for him to upgrade his grooming routine. 
Again, get 20% off and free shipping with code PHNX at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code PHNX at manscaped.com. Say trick or treat to his beautiful new Halloweeny. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what his confidence was locked in. What Halloween <laughs> Oh my God. That's hilarious. Oh, oh my man. God. Okay, I'm well so done, sorry. Nicole. You all have to do that. Get that package for your package. Oh my God, my face is like eight shades of red. Okay, <laughs> holy cow. That was a horrible. But go to manscaped.com and use code PHNX. All right, quickly, we're going to do who won the week. You each get a minute to tell me why your team won the week. Derek, since you did it last week and these two didn't, I'm going to let you go first and okay. give us a good example. I don't really know you'll have much to go on, but we're going to try. Ready? Go. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks won this week because I guess they won their final series of the year and have something positive to pat themselves on the back for. They lost the number one overall pick, which I'm thrilled about, and it could potentially be <laughs> Elijah Green, which is a franchise-altering player. So, sure, let's say that they won by having uh, you know something to build on by beating the Colorado Rockies in a three-game series at home to end the series. Yep, they... Uh, they won. So the premise of this is we lie. <laughs> <laughs> what else do I have to go on? I will say uh, congrats to Lavallo for sticking around, and I hope that they do clean house on the coaches. And I would love to see some new coaches brought in and and see what they can do with the potential of this team. No more pitchers going off and being great elsewhere. Nice. Good job. 48 seconds. All right, Saul, you think you got it? Yeah, I think I got it. Go. All right, so uh, I would go with the Cardinals because they were really awesome this week. However, I'm going to pivot and I'm going to give it to another team because the Phoenix Mercury are right here on the on the on the precipice of a possible WNBA Finals. I feel like Espo was going to say that, but I stole his thunder. Nice. That's why I'm going with this. Good, good and uh, Diana Taurasi dropping 37 the other night, being unbelievable like she is. Brianna Turner having a phenomenal game of 23 the other night. The Suns supporting the Phoenix Mercury and the entire Valley kind of rallying around the Mercury. I think everything that they're doing is is trending in such a positive direction for not only women's basketball, but for women in general. And they deserve the love. The, the Suns are going to play on their court tonight, today, this afternoon. And then the Mercury are going to take the same court and try to secure a, a win to go to the WNBA final. So the Phoenix Mercury won the week. Let's go. Nice. 51 seconds. Watch the game tonight. They're playing the Las Vegas Aces. Go support our women. They deserve it. Ready, Espo? Yes. Go. Michaela Perkins won the week oh by my reading God. the Manscaped oh ad and not passing out from laughing oh. so damn hard. No, the, the Phoenix Suns won the week because there's an old adage that any press is good press as long as they spell your name right. Well, the Suns are being talked about a hell of a lot right now, and the and their names getting spelled right and drugged through the mud at the same time. Correct. So look, I think they win the week simply because they're relevant now, even with DA, but they're about to embark on defending the Western Conference Championship. They're playing the first game today, Wednesday, in front of their home crowd since the finals. It's an exciting time, even with contractual stuff. Devin Booker came back to to camp uh, from COVID on Monday. There's a lot looking up for the Suns. But, yeah, Michaela won the week. Thank you. Thank you for reveling in my embarrassment So with who me. won? Um, I think I need to go with Saul and the Mercury. Yeah. I love 
she's, talking she about. looks right at me. And she's like, right he, I appreciate the pandering, yeah. but I'm going with Saul. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate the pandering. You, you kind of screwed yourself by saying Michaela because she knew she couldn't pick herself she to could. be the winner of the week. If she's because that would be very egotistical. Yeah, of her. I can't do I that. Done it. I would have done it. You set her up for failure, Espo. I would have too. She didn't fall for the bait. Well, you really, you really set him up for failure. Because you were supposed to go with the Cardinals, and you went away for basketball. I guess I could have gone Cardinals, but I felt like I had to. It's okay. I appreciate the, the the pandering espo. It, it made me feel better. Good. If you think DraftKings had a line on who could bet on who won the league, who do you think they would have a line on? Oof. Who do you think they would say Saul would be the favorite? Saul for shrewdness. Yeah. 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 A plus 1,500, I think. With, with, without a doubt. That. Yeah. I would take that. Oh, minus, 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 minus 1,500. Derek, Derek would have been plus a 50,000 yeah. for that argument. Yeah. Sure. sure. I mean, a, yeah. a, a minus 1,500 on Saul. There. I don't believe in anything I say. That's okay. Do you guys have any... Uh, do you guys we have any... We got some great clips for today. We've got I oh, I no. love murder and I don't believe anything I say <laughs> that we can utilize on people. in that entire landscape read. Uh, I know that's going to come back to haunt me. But thank you guys so much for joining us today on the not Phoenix. Like a Halloweeny. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Shave your hairy pumpkins. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us on the Phoenix Sports Podcast. Make sure you go check out gophnx.com. You can have if you become a member, you can have access to all of our amazing written content, exclusive video content all of our podcasts, and more. Also, if you become an annual member, you'll get a free t-shirt. So go check out gophnx.com. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're listening to this audio-only version, make sure you go to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave us a good review on your on this podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media, and we will see you next week. Pay DA his money. <laughs>